Monday, and it is December 12, 2011. It's 8 p.m. Do you know where your kids are? Tonight on the show, we have hip-hop artists Dave Serino and Wandering Monks. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to bring on uh, my, my co-host. Uh, this is the lovely, the one and only Broadway medic, Miss Tamika Mainkid. Tamika. <laughs> Hello to all those people. <laughs> um, so, h- how are you tonight? Good, good. How are all you? All right. Um, so let's uh, let's let's talk a little bit about. Last time you were on the show, we talked a little bit about Samuel L. Jackson and an encounter you had with him, and that was a, a very charming story. Uh, and what about now? You have some sort of anecdote about Rod Stewart this week. And Rod Stewart. All right. I'm coming out of my office building. I'm trying to bail up the street to get to the Columbus Circle subways. And there is some short white man walking in front of me too slow. Keep walking. I'm walking, I'm walking. I almost walk over him. And then I turn around to apologize that I'm still trying to catch my train. And then I look at him and I see the hair. And I was like, that's Rod Stewart. And I was like, sorry, man. And he just looked at me like, how dare you? And I was like, okay, whatever, I'm, I'm out. And I just bailed past him. But, you know, being tall has its advantages. But walking <laughs> over and through Rod Stewart is not one of them, apparently. I don't know. Because he lives apparently on the street, an office building that I worked near and in, and I don't know. I'm sure I will encounter that uh, man Again, at some point, if I could remember any of his songs right now, I probably would not <laughs> sing them to him because he did not seem pleased at all to have tall black woman that doesn't look like Grace Jones walking <laughs> over and through him. How about I can name? How about Maggie May, Reason to Believe, uh, Gasoline Alley? Uh, have I told you lately? Yeah, but you don't want me to her. sing. You don't <laughs> want me to sing any of those because we're not trying to have people's ears bleed. I mean, it's, it's Wait, Monday. So I didn't, it's only Monday. <laughs> it's Monday. I did not know that Rod was a short man. How short is he? Mm. Yeah, I'm 5'11 and a half, so he's got to be like around maybe like 5'5", five, five, maybe 5'6". Five, oh, six. my God. Oh, five, yeah. 5'5". Five. He's like Ryan Seacrest's height. <laughs> yes. So... I didn't, I, I didn't you know realize what? Ryan Seacrest was that short. Yeah, Seacrest I think is even shorter than than Rod. He's got to be. I don't know. He's got it. He's like four seven. Wow. Well, that's hey. not true. That's that's not yeah, true. Yeah, no. I was I gonna, gonna say the li- the lifts and the shoes. But this is not my first encounter with Rod Stewart, which I think is what funny. happened. What the happened before? First, the first time I ever met this or encountered this man was at the Eugene <laughs> O'Neill Theater. And uh, we were, it was during intermission of uh, Spring Awakening back in the day, and we were all hanging out at a particular section where you can uh, buy libations. And, you know, he was with this chick, and, you know, the hair was there, so maybe he was just taller, or maybe I was shorter, I don't know, but... It was interesting that now two times I've been around this man, and both times I was just like, whatever. You know, keep walking. <laughs> so. 
Um, you know, that's the, the, it's interesting you talk about Rod because Rod Stewart was my second ever concert, and it was in Miami, Florida, and mm. I was a huge Rod Stewart fan when I was like 11. How about you? Mm. Only MTV, and like I said, right now, if I were on a Jeopardy or trivia show, I could not name one of his songs at this particular moment, although when I heard it, or if I'd hear it, I'd be like, oh, my God, that's Rod Stewart. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's still cool. It, it, the funny thing is, it's still Rod Stewart, which is actually kind of classy, because that's the kind of guy that he presented himself as, you know, a couple years ago, and then just yeah. even on the sidewalks of New York, at least I presented myself as a classy woman by trying to turn around and apologize to him and then reala- realizing that that's Rod Stewart. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm dead, whatever. i got to catch my train. So, you know. You thought Rod Stewart was going to kill you? Well, he had that angry man who is uh, shorter than me look. So I didn't want to press my luck and just kept bailing down 55th. So I was like, all right. <laughs> okay, so you had encounters with Sam Jackson, Rod Stewart. This is just this is, be, this is going to become a segment on the show. Is that, it Tamika's encounters with But that was in one week. But that was in <laughs> one week. Like this week just started. So, you know, like they said in that movie, I think it is uh, about last night. At this point, we don't know. <laughs> okay. Don't, um, yeah. So. So let's talk a little bit about um, uh, your cousin, your smoking nephew, Rick, uh, what's his name, Mitt Romney, not Rick Perry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So he was in uh, New Hampshire today, and he sees a veteran who's wearing a veteran's hat. He served in the war, and Mitt Romney goes up and sits next to the veteran. He's like, oh, veteran's hat, and he, he expects to, you know, be greeted with open arms by this guy. And then the guy starts saying that he's, gay, he's sitting there with his husband and he's (laughs) trying to defend his constitutional right to marriage and Mitt Romney tries to say like, oh, I'm pretty sure when the Constitution was written that it stated only a man or a woman I think that's pretty clear, and then some guy from Fox News like calls him off, or his campaign manager calls him to go talk to Fox News, and then the guy the veteran that he was sitting next to said, oh, I guess that question's too tough for you, and it was um, a moment that I think needed to happen. What think you about this? Well, having not seen the footage, but heard it on the radio, um, but just hearing it even from you, I I really have no words for... I'm not going to waste my time on on Mitt. I mean, I don't know what that guy's doing. He is not on our planet. I don't know. He's on the Romney planet or something. I don't know. I really, I really don't know because nothing, anything that they're saying right now, like really does not compute. <laughs> I'm glad uh, you mentioned that the Romney planet because in the debate the other night, it was the, I believe, the 57th <laughs> Republican debate. Um, they, uh, what's his name, Romney? I keep forgetting the guy's name. He mm-hmm, offered right? Rick Perry a $10,000 bet that Perry was misquoting his book. Now, people have said that that him actually having the money to fork over $10,000 on a bet, that that not only is it kind of a felony in that state, but in in Iowa, (laughs) but it also puts, uh, it it shows that Romney is perhaps not in touch with most of the country. Do you think, based on a $10,000 bet in this debate, do you think that that is an indication that he's not in touch with the 99%? I don't think most of them are in touch with that. 
But to do that on a national scale, that's that's not good behavior. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Besides, if I saw them both, I would punch them. But I mean, you know, and jack them for five thousand each. I mean, I don't know. But I just, I, I don't. That whole bet thing—that's something that goes on in their world, and uh-huh. in the real world, ten thousand dollars can get a lot of people a lot of things that they need, you know, straight off the bat. As opposed to, oh, I'm gonna bet you this, or I'm gonna bet you that. So yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't think that was cool. But you know, no. hey, they're running for office, so I guess all bets are off at this particular point. Well, maybe not though. Maybe they should be a little more responsible. Uh, for instance, Rick Perry showed this, uh, he came out with a campaign ad. Did you see this ad where he is, like, walking down a hill and he talks about um, <laughs> no. how he's, he looks like a lumberjack and he says, it's not right, and it doesn't take a genius to know it's not right in this country when gays can serve openly in the military and a child can't openly celebrate Christmas. Um, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe my ears. Could you? No, and... The fact that he, wait a minute, <laughs> and I haven't seen this. The fact that he was riding on a horse down a mountain. That's what you said. <laughs> There's no horse. There's no horse. It's just him walking down a hill. Okay, wait. He was walking down a hill. Yeah. No mountain involved. Because you know what no, I was no, wrong no. with that. <laughs> no, Mitt Romney already bought the mountain for ten thousand dollars. But what was? Come on. Well, he's in a lumberjack shirt. <laughs> Is this making you feel a certain way, Tamika? It, it is, but the lumberjack shirt? Come on. Yeah. Give me a break. Blazing Rye Radio no longer retains the rights to the certain way theme song. Hit the brakes, Florence. Back to you, Ryan, and what's her name? <laughs> All right. Well, Tamika, I think it's about time we uh, bring on our first guest. Are you ready? As long, yeah. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, <clears throat> here we go. My first guest will be performing at Fat Baby in New York City on December 17th at 9 p.m. Three CDs will be dispersed. Please welcome to Blaze and Rye, Dave Serino. Blaze and Rye, Blaze and Rye, what's going on? What's going on, Dave? How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Just, just arrived in Brooklyn. Uh, we got a got a little band rehearsal at ten o'clock, so we just arrived and uh, getting things prepared for tonight. Nice. Well, I have to tell you, Dave, before we before we move on to anything about you, be very careful when you play at Fat Baby because I know <laughs> that downstairs on the couch downstairs one night at a party that I was at and then I left. Uh, wow. Two of my friends definitely had a little uh, sexual intercourse on that couch, so don't go near the couch. <laughs> wow! I was gonna say serious? that baby. <laughs> wow! What uh, what couch was that? <laughs> yeah, right. I think <laughs> I think there's only one couch down there. I'm not sure, but I would avoid all couches at that baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Actually, you know, I, I actually this is my first time performing at Fat Baby, so. Uh, I would definitely keep that in mind when I perform <laughs> on the 17th. <laughs> it, it's a good thing we were able to warn you. Um, Tamika, did you did you know that two two of the people I know they 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 got it on in that cast? I you know what 
I, I, again, I have no words. Almost. <laughs> that's that's kind of crazy, though. I mean, I mean, was there, was there any security or anything like that? I mean, they just let, let him go. She said the way he told me, he said that she came upstairs, dragged him downstairs, took off his pants, and bam. <laughs> Well, you know what? I tell you what. <laughs> I'm going to let my band members know so in case uh, they're going to get lucky that night. <laughs> they don't want to catch anything. <laughs> you catch something from the couch alone, apparently. Yeah, uh, I know. Right? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so, so, Dave, you, you know, it's, it's, uh, I hope I didn't get, don't get in trouble for saying this, but it's very rare that I have a, a show with um, two guests on in the same show that I, I download all their songs. And I love every single one of them. I I was loving all of the songs that I heard of yours. Um, see, you you have a lot of talent, and you come from a uh, military background, actually, with uh, your dad. Was there pressure for you when you were younger to go into that field and avoid the arts entirely? Well, first of all, thanks thanks so much for you know for for the compliments. I appreciate you um, liking the music. You definitely work hard, you know, with the music. But um, yeah, I mean. I wouldn't say there was pressure. I mean, I, I, def, I definitely grew up with a, with a military background, and uh, you know, my father, my father was in the Air Force, and he had had a, um, a huge career in the military. Him and my mother, they moved moved out to Guam and stuff like that. I was born on a uh, Dover Air, uh, military Air Force base in Dover, Delaware. So, um, I mean, it wasn't like my father. There was like really, really strict. Um, the more they're very, very supportive. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny because. Um, Actually, my father is actually a minister, and mm. uh, you know, you know, so so we come from you know from the church background and stuff like that. Um, and I mean, you would think it would be more, you know, more pressure on to for me to go like the gospel route and stuff right. like that. But uh, you know, it's, my, my my parents are very very supportive. My family's very supportive of what I'm doing. They know it, like everything, all the music that I make comes from you know from my heart and it's pure. And I just tell the truth on the tracks, you know what I mean? So like they they love they love it, they love the music, and they just they're very supportive. So I'm I'm grateful for that. Yeah, that is great. And when when did you know that you wanted to go into music? Was it when you were a little kid or later? <clears throat> well, you know it's funny because uh, I was uh, when I first I first my I was I grew up in the arts, you know, with my my uncle was like was an actor and stuff like that. And I've always like even as a kid, man, I was always just like writing like movie scripts and short stories and stuff like that. I was very, very creative. And then um, I was just like, I was on family vacation one time, and then I, 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 I listened to um, the uh, D'Angelo Brown Sugar album, and I was listening to Nas, it was written. And then I Lovely just, I albums, both of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, yeah, I, I couldn't stop listening to those records. I was like, I was, you know, I was a teenager at the time, and I was just like, "Wow, man, these these records are crazy!" And it's like, it's just like from from those records, I just kind of, I just got inspired to like, you know, wanna wanna do music. I was like, "Wow!" Like I I just wanted to blend. Like I thought D'Angelo at that time was so cool, just like so laid back, and I thought that Nas just had the illest flows. Like on, on it was written, it was just so crazy. I, I wanted to, to pursue that. So, you know, that, that that's when I really started getting interested in uh in, in pursuing the music. And uh, stuff like that, and then I just joined, I joined the school choirs and stuff like that, and just try to <laughs> try to get better. <laughs> I, I didn't get made fun of though. I didn't get made fun of. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mark of a good art student. Don't get made fun of. <laughs> right. I, you were... I was I was you know, I was I was like a I was like a jock 
in, in high school, I yeah. played basketball and football and baseball, but at the same time, I was, like, so into the arts. Like, I was in choir. I was in band. So it was just, like, the schools that I went to, it was kind of, there was uh, you know, they didn't really care. I was just like, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to play sports, and I'm going to be in the arts. And I don't care what y'all <laughs> say. <laughs> That's right. Now, I don't care what y'all think. <laughs> and and now look at you. You, Dave, you mentioned um, D'Angelo before. Do you plan on being naked in a music video? <laughs> wow. You know what, man? <laughs> That's funny that you asked that. Uh, I, you know what? Uh, man, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to sell records. I mean, hey, if it was for him, I mean, I, I don't think I would get butt naked in a video like D'Angelo did, but... Uh, uh-huh. But you know what? I am actually. It's funny you brought that up. Cause I am. I am a natural bodybuilder, as well. Right. So. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm a natural bodybuilder. So I actually, last year I competed in my first, uh, my first bodybuilding competition. So. What weight, may I ask? What weight? Uh, I was. Uh, what was I? Light heavyweight. So I competed at 185. My, my yeah. natural weight. My natural weight's about 195, 200. But okay. I had to. I had to. I had to shred down. So hey, if I gotta take my shirt off in the video. Or yeah, whatever. but are you are you married right now or anything? Because I I want a picture. Is it all for <laughs> you? Am I married? <laughs> are seeing uh, anyone? Or you no, know, I'm, I'm not care. married you know right what? now. I don't. I don't. I, you know what? I take all that back. Cancel. 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 I just I, want a picture. Talk to Ryan. Actually, after the actually, show. if you go on my Facebook page, um, I do have the picture of this show that uh, when I competed last year. You can see one of the pictures that's up there. I posted up on my page. So. Hey, if you want to, if you want a picture, I'll send it to you. It don't matter to me. <laughs> oh, thank you. Merry Christmas to Mika. Merry Christmas to Mika. Right. But, uh, but right. yeah, I'm not, I'm not really. Uh, I'm not a bad. Right, well, right now I'm still getting in shape. But if I, if it came down to it, hey, I'll take the shirt off. No problem. <laughs> to Mika, let me find out that you say cancel, cancel, as if you're you're on a computer. I didn't know people use that in regular conversation. My brain is a computer, man. Don't you know we're in the Matrix? What's wrong with you? Oh, she plugged into the, the Matrix. Oh, she continue with the interview. So, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Steve, Steve, you, you also, uh, also were influenced by, it was written, an album that doesn't um, get maybe the credit it deserves. Usually it's Illmatic. For me, it was uh, Godson is my favorite Nas album. What, what spoke oh, to you? Really? About it was written that that other albums of his did not do for you. Oh my God, man! Listen, um, you know, obviously, you know, you know, Illmatic is is deemed is deemed a classic, but I mean, I always thought that. Whose um, world is all, this? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, mine, I love. Mine, mine. I love I love God's Son. I thought I think that was that was an awesome album. I love Street Disciple. I think that was another another the other yeah. album, but um. You know, it was written for me. Just did it when it right when the uh, that song came on. I think it was like it was like shake thugs, no love, get the slug, keep you poor, just sold your luck. No, like right when he started, it, right when that song came on, I was like I was hooked from there. I, it was just like it was it was so catchy. Um, the way that he he used uh, his, his lyrics and just like the beats was like on point and everything everything that he was saying is just like it just caught me. It caught me off guard and um I, I listened to Illmatic too, but it was something about that. It was written the album that was like magical. It was just like a, a lot of different factors. But definitely the lyrics and the beats caught me to make and then that, that that one particular song um got me interested in like wanting to pursue this for real. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
it's amazing what one song and one album can do and change someone's life forever. Yeah, I mean, it was exactly. it was really it was really that it was, you know you know what it was on that one song. I'm trying to remember what the, what the song was. The name of the song was. Um, I think it's called the message. But yeah, couldn't change it like that much then. What's the what? <laughs> can't remember the title. <laughs> <laughs> nah, actually, I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it, it was the message. That, that's what it was. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that that song. But it was you know what it was. It was the it was the flow. His flow mm-hmm. that that had just like this kid, like he was a young kid, just like flowing, just like. I don't know, man. It's just the passion that he that he had on the on that particular flow caught me. It was right. Like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> now you mentioned before that you are a natural bodybuilder. What's an unnatural bodybuilder? <laughs> are we going back to this? Oh, we, yeah, because I meant to ask you before. Awesome. <laughs> Got enough. Awesome. Well, you know what? Um. Oh man, it, it was it's, well. Uh, yeah, unnatural body, but obviously it's people who take steroids. Um, okay, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, and like the natural bodybuilding is just like you're, you're doing it without steroids. You're just basically using supplements and nutrition to, uh, you know, and obviously you're not gonna. They don't make a lot of as much money as the pros because most of the pros, in order even to become pro, uh, to make that kind of money, you gotta use the steroids. So, but but it's, it's it's a cool little circuit. Um, and the reason why I actually. A lot of people look at me like, why do you even want to do that? You know what I mean? Because, like, I was like, it's funny because I was in these little tight booty panties <laughs> on, the, on the stage. And, like, when I went to uh, to pick up my uh, my trunks, as they call them, I was like, man, I tried them on. I said, I am not wearing these trunks, man. <laughs> and I, I, I did it with my friend because we, we both did it together. And he was like, uh, you know, I, I did it because, you know, I was like, you know what, you you live once, and um, I wanted to, to to see what it was like. I was always working out, and um, I just wanted to challenge myself. And I thought, you know what, what happened was after the holidays, I was like, you know what, I want to challenge myself to get in the best shape of my life. Mm-hmm. What better way to do it than to jo- join a natural bodybuilding competition, wear some boy booty panties in front of thousands of people, <laughs> I have to get in shape. So <laughs> I love so, that wow. you got to live your life and you did it once. I but did it once. Let folks know I, when you're going to do it again. Uh, <laughs> I'm, try, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get back in shape, but I tell you what, it's, it's tough. It's very tough to, to live that lifestyle. Yeah, you really went to the extreme, too. You were like, I got to get in shape, so let me do the, the hardest possible thing. Yeah, I, I took it to the extreme, but I said, you know what? As far as my artistry, you know, yeah. I wanted to be, you know, the best package, you know, that that I that I can be, and like I kind of exactly. like, exactly, like, yeah, like 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 even like LL Cool J, someone like LL right. is is like someone that I kind of look up to. I, I kind of like trying to you know pattern my 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 lifestyle uh, as far as my artistry lifestyle toward how he went because he was mad cool, just like really smooth dude. Laid back, you know what I mean. It was really cool, you know, smooth with the ladies. Kept his body in shape, and he just like, you know, I was like, you know what, this is the best, you know, the best thing for me to do as well is to keep my body in shape as my as my artistry and the the total package. You know, by me working out in this competition, it's gonna gonna be better for me anyway. So I just I, I gave it a, I gave it a, a try. I, I have a question Absolutely. for you uh, for the cover of you know your CD and what have you or mm-hmm. whatever is going to be released on iTunes is a picture of you. Like that, on any of the covers or anything of that nature. Uh, a picture of, of me in the competition, shirtless. 
Yes. Oh, certainly, certainly. Uh, <laughs> um, actually, no. There's not. There's not a picture of me like an album cover photo. Um, not yet. But what I was. Okay. What I was well, not do, a big deal. Not a big but, deal. But you know. What I'm doing is actually I'm shooting a video, and because um, I, I do, I do, I train in Muay Thai as well. So okay. I, I've been, I, I've been doing Muay Thai for four years. So like, I train like, you know what I mean, and like. Um, stuff like that, and uh, I wanted to do. I'm doing a video where I'm going to be in the gym with with my my Muay Thai partners, and I'm going to be, going to be training, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be like gotcha. fighting. So, so uh, gotcha. I'm going to be. I'm going to have my shirt off in in the video, and and that's going to be shot in, in about <laughs> in a couple of months. So I definitely send you a link to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, all right, so, all right. <laughs> uh, Dave, you used to be known as J R E. I know Tamika. She used to be known as PTGTB. Sometimes people call me Blazing Rye. J-R-E. What, what did J-R-E, what did that mean? And why did you change to your real name? Oh, man. That's, you know what, man? That's, oh, man, that's such a good question. That's such a good question. When I, uh, when I first, when I first uh, came out, I, I dropped my first um, album, Love Chronicles, on CD Baby. Uh, and that was just a straight, you know, R&B record. Um, but... Uh, excuse me, but uh, J R E actually stands for my name, which is um, because everyone my, my name is David, you know what I mean. But um, everyone in my family calls me Junior, so so the J R is, is for uh for for Junior, and the E like Re is like for Sereno, um, you know, for my last name. So I just kind of shortened it to J Re, and uh, that's you know that's what they, they used to call me that in college. Um, actually used to call me J Reno in college, and uh, you know some people call me J Re for, for short for J Reno, which was Junior Sereno, which is part of my name. Um, and I, you know, it, it was cool. I used it, but but the reason why I actually decided to change it because it's like, you know, I used that when I first came out. But then I started to evolve as an artist, and like my artistry started changing. Um, I started getting more. It started getting more mature, and I started like, I just like, you know what? I'm just gonna use my name, like Dave Serena. It was, it, it was catchy because, you know, uh, you know, my my father, like, I, it's, it's an Italian last name. And um, you know my, my mother's Jamaican, my father's Puerto Rican, and um, but when you look at me, like my pictures, I'm you know I'm you know I'm black, like I look black. So then what, like it's funny because when I used to go to on job interviews, they they would think I'm, I was like a, this white Italian kid, and uh, they, they, they would look at me and That's be like, why you got the uh, interview. Yeah, I didn't say that out loud. I got the interview, right? It, it's like a. I'm sorry. It, it gives me the interviews now. I'm just joking, but uh, it's, sorry. But, but, but you'll look at me and be like, "Oh, you're uh, you're black." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I thought I, I thought I thought the name was uh, Dave Serino, just using my my, my 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 full name, was just you know catchy. Um, it's unique because of the last name being Italian. Actually, I, my, my grandpa was from from Sicily, but you know that's another story. But I just thought it was catchy, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to just be, be natural, be myself, be who I am, and J.R. is going to always be a part of me. But, you know, as I evolve as an artist, I just decided to just use uh, Dave Serino. That's interesting. Sam. That's definitely something there that, I noticed. <laughs> that I noticed about Kanye West when he came out. It's like, oh, this guy's using his real name, and he's the only rapper I can think of who's using his real name. Um, you know, and, and I, you know I, what? That's, that's another reason, too, because I, I was like, it's not. It's not that using like a stage name is, is corny or anything like that. That's fine. That's cool. But it's just like you know, this is me. This is like I just, it's a representative of like you know what? I don't need to have an alias to try to pretend to be somebody. You know what I mean? Like this is like yeah. this is who I was. Who I was born to be. And this is the music that I put out. And you know, you either like it or you don't. <laughs> right. 
Absolutely. Uh, now, I'm not sure, Tamika, if you know this or not, but before we move off the topic completely, you're talking about the interviews and stuff, but I just did serve jury duty in Kings County because um, I live in Brooklyn. And uh, you know on the really? form that you fill out as a juror, it said, I swear, and I posted this on Facebook and all of that, uh, I'm not sure if you saw it or not, but it literally says under the ethnicity section, one of the mm. choices is some other race. Like, <laughs> some other race. No, like, not I didn't even, know that. Not even wow. other, you know? Just some other race. <laughs> that's crazy. Some other race, you know. I think that's what I would what I would have to put it because it's so it's so weird, man. It's just like I'm. I mean, I'm mixed, you know. But you know, you know what? I, that I, sounds like that sounds like the cover title for either another album or just a song. Some <laughs> other race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? I was I was thinking about doing a little uh, song uh, album title called Light Skin Brothers the Back. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, he went on Boardwalk Empire on us. That's cool, man. <laughs> Finale was just last night. I DVR'd it. That's cool. Oh, oh Boardwalk Empire? I haven't actually never seen that, but I was... Uh, I, I haven't was, either. I did see it Common was, got in a big was, Twitter argument with some good. lady about it, though. Yeah. It, it, it um, was good. From what I've seen so far, it was good. I got to check but that go out. Go ahead. So, some other race. Actually, sounds yeah. like the song, the title of a song, also the title <laughs> of an album. <laughs> Some other way, you know. I, I kind of like that though. Some <laughs> other way. Um, I might, you know, I might use that. <laughs> I so, would. I was reading um, your bio says when you were uh, constructing your studio, there was loads of trial and error. Tell us some of the errors. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, trial and error. You know what? Yeah, it's funny because you know when I um when I was starting out, you know when I was recording my first record, uh, the first album, Love Chronicles, it was um you know I was paying like a lot of money. I was paying like sixty dollars an hour, and like mm-hmm. you know it was it was sounding good, but then like I would listen to the to the CD, and I would I would ask myself, I would say, you know what? I kind of want to change, the, you know, this the way this sounds. And I was, but I was thinking, like, every time I got to go back to the studio, I got to pay more money to get it done. I'm like, why don't I just do it myself? So, so that's when I uh, just started. I just started going out, and I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna just build my own studio, and uh, you know, that's that's what I started to do. I just basically, I didn't really have any any mentors, uh, you know, to to doing that. So I I went through a lot of different trials and errors. I mean, some of the errors basically. You know, just not really nothing crazy, but just like, you know, <laughs> you know, like for example, mixing. Like I had to mix a couple of records. You know, you know, in the beginning, when you when you when you're like like an engineer, audio engineer, you know, you gotta mix a couple of the records and see how it sounds. But some of the records were sounding a little whack. So, <laughs> so that's that's what that's where the errors was coming in. I was like, all right, this don't sound right. What's what's the problem? So like, I was just like, you know, I kept on practicing and getting better and better and better and just like, because I didn't want to go to the studio. That's my whole thing. I didn't want to pay somebody to do what I know that I can do. Because you know, I started, you know, I started, and then that's how I started with uh, even making beats. Uh, me, me and my brother, he's my partner, so he makes beats as well. But um, you know. First, we was like, we don't, we don't have any beats. Like, how are we going to get the beats? So we had to pay for the beats. And then, then we said, you know what? Let's just make the beats. So we just, like, you know, went out, and we just started making some whack beats first. <laughs> and, 
and then after we learn from the whack beat, then uh, then we started getting nice, then we started getting better. So then that's that's how we just involved involved as producers and engineers and stuff like that. So you know th- you know that that's that's where the errors will come in. Were you intentionally making whack beats? <laughs> <laughs> What kind well, of question is no, that? No, no. You know, you, you you know, like when you first start off, like if you, if you okay. got to make it to, if you were trying to make it to the NBA or something like that, you got to pick yeah. up the ball first. You know what I mean? You got to learn right. how to play. So, <laughs> so yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. I mean, I actually, truth be honest, right there, you got to learn how to play. True. You got to learn right how there. to play. So it's just like, to be honest with you, I, I'm, a lot of the stuff we, we did in the beginning was was pretty good. You know, it, you know, it was a few things that we had to mm-hmm. learn from. Like, all right. You know, we had to learn, like, structure, like, you know what I mean, like, format. Um, you know, it's just, like, basically, you know, what the pros are doing um, and how to make our sound sound like that. And and that's and that's, and that's how the errors came in in the beginning. But then to practice, we definitely, you know, we got a lot better and just, you know, became pros. I was, you know, call ourselves pros, you know, became pros at, at our craft. Right. 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 Makes perfect. Now, were you mad – when, uh, that MySpace chose you to to feature you after people stopped using MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that's hilarious. Actually, you know what was uh at 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 that time when we when we were featured, I think you know MySpace was still kind of popping. Um, mm-hmm. It might have been a couple months after that was when it started going downhill. But uh, I was, you know what. I was blessed, man. I was I was very blessed, to be honest with you. Like, I wasn't mad at all because at that time it was, it was like two years ago, I think, two two or two and a half, three years ago. Um, at that time, I was like, "Yo, we got the feature," and then like I got seriously got fifty thousand friend requests on on like on my page, <laughs> like in like two days. Wow. So you know that was a blessing, and um, unfortunately, yeah, I mean MySpace. I don't know what happened to MySpace, man. I really. <laughs> I wish maybe you could tell me what happened to it, but you know I try to I try to go on it and uh, I try I try to give it a chance, but it's just, it's not the same anymore. Does anyone even remember their password for that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Yeah, it just yeah. I just I I I don't get it. I I don't get it. I mean, I guess uh, I Tom sold it at the right time, but. I mean, it was you, you know you know what it was, and this is my theory of what happened to MySpace. I believe that what happened is <laughs> no, what happened was <laughs> you gotta say what it like happened, that. <laughs> what had happened was nah, I think uh, I, I think it was I think honestly I think it was too many artists or or band band requests like a, a, like mm-hmm. a lot of people you know I mean they just wanted to hang out on MySpace and they don't want to be bombarded by bands. And uh, I think that every request that she was getting was from a band, and it was just like, hey, check out my music or buy my music on iTunes and and do this. And I thought I think people were getting sick of it. And uh, I think when Facebook yeah. came along, it, it gave it a it gave it a platform for people for regular people to have regular friends and just to interact online without getting bombarded all the time by bands. And like if if you look at how Facebook has it now, you still have a band page. But it's like it, it's, they do it in a way where it doesn't, you know, it just doesn't bombard you so much the way that, you know, MySpace did. I think uh, that's where MySpace went wrong. To be honest with you. Right. And hey, you know what? Maybe I should be the CEO of MySpace. They <laughs> <laughs> hired me to do the business plan. <laughs> there you go. Now, 
<laughs> I have to ask you before we, uh, I want to play a song of yours and before I let you go, you, I read that you're currently training to be an action hero. Is this in real life or for a movie? <laughs> is that, oh man, is that a fantasy or what? <laughs> no, you didn't want to sneak uh, a fantasy. your friend to see. You, okay. you know what's funny? Okay. You know what's funny is uh, I started off, uh, I started off actually acting before I did the music. I was, um, I did a couple commercials as, as you know, as a kid. I auditioned for uh, a Spike Lee movie, Crooklyn. I was I was supposed to be in that, but something happened. And uh, you know, I was I was um, I was like you know, acting in uh, music was like hand in hand for me. And I did I you know I did a couple extra parts and stuff like that. But um, I was trying to train. I'm trying to train for um, there's a there's a film. I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Luke Cage from. No. Uh, yeah, Luke Cage is uh he's an action hero actually he's an action hero, and that dude you know that dude that plays uh he's an actor from the old old Spice commercials I think his name is I forgot his name Mustafa or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah 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 he he a lot of people are trying to train uh or trying to try out for this for this role, um and uh, Tyrese actually is supposed to be playing <laughs> the part of uh, <laughs> of Luke Cage, and uh, John Singleton is supposed to be directing this movie, but you know what? I'm the man for this part. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm the go. man for this part. But now, to be honest with you, I'm um, I I have like uh, I'm like into in, like independent films, and um, mm-hmm. I'm just working on like I'm, I I like it working on independent films, like college films and stuff like that. And um, there's there's a film that I'm actually you know going to be writing and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be starting it. But um, you know, I was I was recently recently in um this movie um not movie. This television show, uh, what's it called? It's called uh, Unforgettable. I was I was recently uh-huh. in that on I think it's on ABC or something like that. CBS, one of them shows. CBS, yeah. CBS, mm-hmm. yeah. So I was I was recently on that. So I'm just like you know touching the waters with that. Um, you know, music is my main focus, but you know I, I'm just touching the waters uh, with the acting thing. See see what that goes. Well, you know why Tyrese is going to be a major competition for you is because <laughs> all he has to do as an action hero. Is just start singing how you're going to act like that to the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know, man. Tyrese, Tyrese, man. You know. <laughs> I tell you what, though. I tell you what. So that's why that's why I trained so hard in the gym. Because Luke <laughs> was a character that was like, if you look him up, if you get a chance, look him up. His name is it's, it's, it's Luke Cage. He's like, a, like this crazy muscular dude, but... I was looking at his photos, and I'm like, yo, I kind of look like this guy. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make my my little audition tape. I'm going to send it to to John Singleton, and I'm going to be one of the characters in Luke Cage. It's not Luke Cage. He's he's gonna try. He's gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, we have completely run out of time. Dave, will you come back and do our our topics panel sometime? Oh, definitely, man, definitely. Appreciate All right, awesome. Um, I tell you what, we're gonna play one of your songs and then bring on um, Wandering Monks. If you could, it's, I'm gonna let you go, but if you could just set up uh, First Kiss for us. Okay, cool. Yeah, First Kiss, uh, ladies and gentlemen, here's a song um, that me and my partner DJ Saddle, uh, DJ Saddle's on the hook, and uh, you know it's called First Kiss by Dave Serino, um, which is myself. <laughs> um, but basically, you know, it's about it's about the first kiss, the first kiss, uh, you know, going on the first date, and I just, what I'm doing is just 
describing uh, the whole scene for you, for you guys, describing the girl, describing the kiss, and describing, you know, where, where, where it's going to go. So hope you enjoy awesome. it. All right, you can catch him at Fat Baby, December 17th. Stay away from the couches. Dave Serino, thank you so much. Thank Fat you so much, baby. guys, for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Here he is, Dave Serino, with First Kiss. We'll be right back with the Wandering Monks. Cool. It all started with the first kiss. Makes me think I can do this. It all started with the first kiss. I ain't going nowhere, nowhere, nowhere. I ain't going nowhere, nowhere, nowhere. Pull up to the crib, swag 100. Tape off is brooked out, all the shorties love it. Compliments the fab, the barber with the blades. Blue Yankee fit, Brad Pitt shades. Waiting for my date. Out for the first time She is looking so good Never in my lifetime Seen a pretty thing like you Contemplating what I should do The kiss And I'm coming up soon Makes me think I can do this It all started with the first kiss I loved it. 
and yeah, it was cool. So what's good? What's going? Uh, all right. So um, my next guests have been compared. Listen to this. They've been compared to Michael Franti, Most Def, and Tupac. That's those are big wow. compliments. Yeah, Anthony, right. Okay. Here we yeah. Go. yeah. Please welcome to the program, Wandering Monks, and Q Sound. Yeah, right. Woo! Woo! Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to have to get thank my face Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'll sign up to be your sound engineer at this particular point, so that's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, Wandering Monks, Thank you guys so much for joining the program. Sorry about the uh, the little wait there. First off, why the name Wandering Monks? Mowgli. <laughs> um, I would say it starts off in our song called Wandering Monks that just says, Monks wander as a protest to living for the industry. Just because uh, in the modern world we live in, everything's about financial gain. It leads people astray from their true passions, and we're just kind of trying to get away from that and stay true to ourselves. So that's what it's really about. It's not about being a Buddhist or anything like that. Or being silent, clearly, because you're a recording artist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so your uh, your bio says that you guys are a musical entity. Why not musical group or band? Uh, I think it's because it's a duo. I'm not sure who put the word entity in there, but... I mean, it's, it's just semantics to me. We're a group, we're a duo, exactly. whatever you want to call it. Semantics, uh-huh. arguments, yes. <laughs> and um, what's it like? It's become very clear to me that, that we're getting very deep now. In the first segment, we were talking about bodybuilding and steroids. So now it's about more uh, socially conscious stuff. Uh, what's it like to do conscious underground hip-hop in a genre that is, is currently saturated with club hangers and stuff? Well, that's where the applause chose to kick in. Okay. Um, that's why that. next time I'm going to be your sound engineer. So let's go. <laughs> um, let's just so go. This, uh, in, in a genre that, that has a lot of club bangers, songs about how much money one has, um, what's it like doing socially conscious hip-hop in this environment? I'd say it, it you know, leads... I don't know. It surprises people sometimes, but I think it's great because we're fighting against the propaganda or counteracting the propaganda using the same method that they're using. So, I mean, I love it. And really, there's a lot of other conscious hip-hop out there. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're the only ones doing it. But, um, I mean, you can tell the difference in the sound anyways. It doesn't sound like the same, in my opinion, candy ass popped out, you know, using a lot of voice modulator. Our music doesn't sound like that anyways, but it's it's definitely hip-hop, you know. And some of it's like the real world. What you see on the streets is very different than what's been packaged up and marketed to the people. And so when you take real music to the streets and you're interacting with real live people at clubs, my personal experience is that you find that most people really are engaged in a lot more than what's being pushed to them by Clear Channel and the mainstream outlets out there, but they really love connecting with real live I don't know, artists that are passionate about their craft that are out there doing it every day that have been going on for thousands of years, you know what I mean? Music has been the medium for cultures forever and so the reality is is what you see on Clear Channel isn't always what's really happening out there and I think our experience has been connected with 
what the well, real people are feeling out you there. You know what? Clear, clear Channel is another oxymoron at this particular point. Is it really clear? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's all. Sorry, exactly. Continue. The semantics of life Sorry. again. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. Now, is it is it McAd? Or is it, am I pronouncing that right? It's MCAD, but a lot of people, for some reason, say McAd, so I'm, I'm not so sorry. attached so to my sorry. labels, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe so you should MC. capitalize the C from now on. <laughs> you know what? You might want to think twice about capitalizing the C, because apparently that is a digestive issue, MCAD, that I just read about. <laughs> well, that's not good either way. I'm, no, I don't I want to be crones, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Much love to all my grown people out cloned. there. <laughs> I, I, wait a minute. I'm getting off this. I don't want to be cloned either. <laughs> not clones, no. No clones either. That's no. That's not good. Uh, <laughs> so, MC, you founded the Boulder based group Freedom Movement. Now, I've been to Boulder. Is there like a, a government mandate there that requires its residents to smoke a lot of weed? Pretty much. It's like when you come in, you get your Birkenstocks, and you get a piece to pack the ganja, and either you're down with people or take it to Denver. You know what I mean? That's at least how I was initiated into this gang, so I can't speak for everybody, but I think that's the standard coming to Boulder. Wait, yeah. That's how I was initiated into this gang. Birkenstocks you know. and ganja. Wow, now, and I, I know, and I know the West Coast, so okay, I got you. I know the West yeah, Coast. you may have seen my people out there. I know you've seen them running around. I'm but... from the West Coast, so that's cool. Yeah, you know exactly. the last name Stubblefield at all? No. Okay, then that's good. Then we're good. <laughs> so I can also see you um, naked too, so that's fine. Now, ling- linguistry or linguistory? It's linguistic. What is it? You had it right the first time, actually. Very good. That's I what I thought. You that. <laughs> Linguist. Okay. Because, you know, it's funny because my new thing is, is I, I'm putting the syllables in the wrong place, and I keep saying stuff like downloaded instead of downloaded, and, and I'm really just, I think it's hilarious. Um, it looks like I liked it at him. Yeah, well, this time it worked in your favor, my man. <laughs> exactly. So, linguistry, you... Um, your influence is, uh, you're influenced by not only pop music, but also by literature. Who are your literary influences in your music? Uh, you know, it kind of runs the gamut, and I don't even claim to be the most well-read person out there. But uh, I would say it kind of started off with the Transcendentalist movement, reading about that when I was in high school, really? the Ralph Waldo Emersons, and then getting into the well, beat movement. And then, uh, you know, Tom Robbins, Richard Bach. Um, I just I don't know I just kind of stumble upon authors, but I just have just always felt like my hip hop endeavors have been equally as influenced by authors as by other MCs. So just want to incorporate that, and that's kind of how the name ties in. Is that it's to me more about language and communication more than I consider myself a musician per se. You know about Boober and never... Jasper, correct? What's that? You know about Boober and Jasper, correct? I came don't. Into What's the that all about? Enlightenment. Well, they came into the Enlightenment period around the 1500s, like around 1560, because supposed father of the Enlightenment, or excuse me, Enlightenment existentialist theory, is Søren Kierkegaard. Uh huh. Yeah, I I completely understand what you're saying with your lyrics and what have you. Yeah, but it is interesting. Like whenever you hear somebody say, 
uh, to a, a rapper, um, who are you influenced by? You usually don't hear the transcendentalist movement. Uh, so that's pretty right. interesting. Um, right. n- now, did, I don't know about you, Tamika, but that, I tried to read that stuff, and it made me feel a certain way. <laughs> what cow. made you feel a certain way? <laughs> Trans- the whole reading, reading um, what was it, Walden, made me feel a certain way. Ralph? My BFF, Ralph Waldo? Or was it Charles? Yeah, Wesley? Walden. Yeah, that's the role, and then you got your Emerson, the self-reliance yeah. essay, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And you know, I just—I don't know—I'm kind of eclectic, but I haven't delved too deep into any one realm of literature. But um, I definitely find that easier to be influenced by than say, like you know, like we were just talking about a lot of the popular Clear Channel MCs out there right now. It's like <laughs> it doesn't even right. connect whatsoever, you know. So now, what do you mean, dropping like it's hot? Drop it like it's <laughs> <laughs> Linguist, your use in working with MCAD has made your lyrics less abstract and personal and more presentable to the common listener. MCAD, you say that linguistry makes you, you more youthful in your music. Are you two just trying to be each other, and how do I know who's who right now? <laughs> linguistry is the one that sounds like a white kid. I'm black. You can't see that over the phone. That's a beautiful thing, you know what I mean? We get it mixed up once you take away all the visuals. That's why John Lennon and Yoko Ono put themselves in a bag so you couldn't see them when they were talking to them. But that's the beauty of these times, right? But you talk to us enough, you'll get to know us, you know. We definitely have different styles that we bring to the table, and uh, I think comes across in the music as well as, like you're saying, our age difference as well as just our social outlook on life and Linguistry's youthfulness, you know, I didn't have the same charisma I did when I was 25, so, but that's mm-hmm. part of the life, is bridging those gaps, and we're trying to do that with the music, too, so that the older generations, cats that came from my my days, you know what I'm saying, I'm 37, so we want those people to be able to relate with what we're doing as much as the 13-year-olds that the pop mainstream is pushing all the marketing to as well, you know. Right. Um, yeah. MCAD, how do you feel about Justin Bieber? I don't, you know what I'm saying? I'm not very connected to the whole mainstream, and so for me to have an opinion one way or the other is, you know, kind of a probably a disservice to what his complexity really entails. But Be existentialist about it. <laughs> What's that? Be yeah. about it. Um, you know, I mean, it's just me. I don't, I don't tune into the mainstream that much, so I'm really, my pulse is not on what is happening uh-huh. with the Justin Biebers and the Lady Gagas <laughs> of the world. It's just, it never, it doesn't connect with me as a person, so I don't put too much energy in it. But I don't have nothing to say against, bad against Justin Bieber. If he wants to go out and get the bull haircut and do his thing as a little young white man, then handle your business, Bieber. <laughs> what if he wants to go out and impregnate a, a, a woman? That's a whole other thing, you know what I'm saying? Now that we get back to the cloning, and we just don't need an army of little Biebers out there, and I'm going to put my foot down on the on the Bieber clones. That's where I draw the line, I guess. That's okay. <laughs> now, um, Colorado has a strong hip-hop community, but there's no, uh, from what I have read, there's no expectation there to be what you hear on the radio. You guys have radio in Colorado? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we yeah, we we have both avenues. We got a lot of clear channel that pushes the same stuff you hear all over the U- U.S. and all over the world, and then we got 
pirate radio stations that actually will give us some support, which is cool. But uh, they mm-hmm. definitely and then also the local radio popular. stations. Mm-hmm. You know, local stations like KGNU that have been supporting us since day one, which is what we advocate, you know, moving away from the conglomerates that are dictating to the community what it is they want to hear and moving back to the people that really represent the community themselves and putting our energy where we say, putting our dollars where we say our philosophy is, you know what I mean? So yeah. there is the clear I mean, channel standards, but we don't have much to do with them, you know. But there is a lot of local support that is really active. Like I think there is in every city when you get down to the roots of it. Sure. Um, and speaking of support in every city, you guys just played a show in November at the Fox Theater in Boulder. How did that go? Um, the people that came out were awesome. I mean, the groups we played with, there's a lot, like you're saying, there's some local hip-hop here that deserves the recognition that I think it has come into it, you know, whether that's through the mainstream or just through the love of the people. And what I do know is we got a great community of people. It's not just Boulder people because Boulder has its stereotypes, but we brought people from all over Colorado and just seeing the community come together and organize around what the whole point is for, which is getting our people together, have a good time and celebrate life and be together and maybe bring up some issues while we're doing it, but to really be with your community and be an active force in being alive, being healthy, being happy to be here on this planet. Awesome. I agree with that. Yeah. And your debut uh, album, it, it couldn't be more timely because it touches on police misconduct, bankers, um, especially with the whole Occupy Wall Street movement, all the Occupy movements going on. Um, t- tell me about this. You also talk about genetically modified foods. Uh, tell me about your activism in your music. Well, I would say the music started from the activism and just like linguistry was touching on, I think uh, the music, us being musicians, is secondary to our commitment to what our values are in life. And so I think activism has been the driving force. Now I'll say activism just in you know, trying to raise awareness about bringing down the Fed and getting back to nationalized banking or, you know, publicly owned currency or anything like that, gold-backed currency, anything like that. But it's also like we were just saying about redefining the philosophies about what it is we do value in life. And I think that's just as much an activist part as trying to raise awareness about globalization or any of those things. And activism is my passion only in that my passion is being alive. And I think a lot of these topics that you see Occupy Wall Street and all these other movements that are springing up are really the effect of what we see as the cause, which is conditions in life that are affecting all of us. And I think we're starting to see that come to the table, you know, the history of America. Amen. Amen. A conglomerate of a lot of issues that have never been talked to with, I think, what is a populace of really well-meaning people that just need a new medium to digest a lot of this. And our music has been the foundation for trying to find a healthy way that we can address these people without condemning people for our fallibility as just being human on this planet. And, and how do you how do you balance this with your personal experiences that you talk about on your records that seem to be a balance that's lacking in commercial hip-hop right now? I'll let linguistry speak for himself, but to me, our philosophy is you, life is all of that, and your music is all of that and as well, and we're not trying to package something we're not, so all we have to do as human beings is be authentic <laughs> and put who we are on the table, and we believe that that is what the new populace is looking for to be sold on. They're not looking to be sold on the little Waynes and cats that have been trying to tell 
for example, the black community that you're going to be a baller off of selling crack cocaine and being in lines with high business entrepreneurs at the same time. We all know that's not the real world. And so we believe that being authentic is what's going to sell to the people who you really are. And it's, it's a lot easier to live that way when you're not trying to cover up or inflate your ego bigger than what you're trying to be. And we hope that people start coming around to that and supporting. Hey, Ryan, Ryan can I say something real quick? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what the gentleman just said is being completely authentic all the time. And that yeah. is the basis of existentialist theory with Søren Kierkegaard, something that I studied in grad school that mm-hmm. messed me up so much that, you know, I still believe it to this day, but I left grad school at some particular point because that is true. If you are not authentic, then you have feelings of melancholy. Then yeah. you go through things of guilt. Then you go through the Francis Bacon thing of the five stars of, you know, the pentad of guilt, and it's just mm-hmm. a little bit special. And I'm I won't go that deep, but it's, mm-hmm. at this particular point, what this gentleman has just said is actually what at some particular point people are coming to, to being right. completely authentic, and also. Right. Having completely authentic good music just to get Absolutely. them through the day. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, and let, let's transfer from there. But I I I understand that, and you know, sad thing is, Sir Kierkegaard died poor, broken, lonely with a dilapidated horse in his house. At this generation, mm-hmm. we're not trying to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. So so now. <laughs> Linguistry, how do you balance your, your personal life with the activism in, in your music, in your lyrics? Um, I'd say, like we're just talking about here, it's about representing yourself authentically. So for me, that's talking about the micro and the macro and hopefully the the bridge in between the two because, you know, my personal experience working, like my day job is in retail and how that ties into our place in the economy and how the the overall patterns in the economy do affect my personal life is something that, you know, we examine directly or indirectly in the music. So I think it's just, it kind of ties both aspects in naturally without having to force it. Right. And your bio, uh, the Wandering Monk's bio says most hip hop albums sound like soundtracks. What did you guys mean by that? You know, that actually wasn't us that wrote it, but they're just saying how we only have two guest spots on the whole album. So just Mm -hmm. most, I guess rap albums are featuring a ton of other people and everybody's trying to use each other for added hype to the album and so on and so forth where we're really just trying to showcase ourselves primarily and some other very special friends that are in our actual community and not just somebody famous that's going to get us hype. So. Right. And you guys have uh, quite a diverse roster of, of influences, especially coming from protest music. Who, who are your biggest influences, would you say? Musically. For me, I'd say Rage Against the Machine primarily, and then hip-hop-wise, I mean, yeah. I love Immortal Technique, even though, I mean, that's not me personally, but I, I love the knowledge that he kicks to the people, and even Dead Prez, and, but for me, it's mostly Rage Against the Machine, Bob Marley even. I know the mm-hmm. AD came out loving Public Enemy. Yeah, hip hop. Well, you know, I grew up in the '80s, and so I was everything from Run DMC, you know, the old, all the old school, Heavy D, R.I.P. And 
a lot of the people that set the foundation, hip-hop being a new new genre, added to all this stuff, so I was blessed to be a part of its uprising, but I grew up listening to everything, you know, so being from the Midwest, I just think they were exposing us to every, every genre of music from all across the nation, all across the world, and so I, I grew up with, I listened to everything, I knew white trash people listened to country, I, I listened to some old, you know, whatever, I mean, country, rock, metal, I grew up in the 80s where it was like metal dominated everything, all the blacks had Jerry Curl in their hair and were growing out mullets like the whites, you know what I mean? So I started in metal and punk bands, and I don't think I'm limited to one genre, but hip-hop is, I think, unique in that it's allowed all these genres to be blended into a type of music that I, I think can reach everybody. That's what I hope, because we put every genre of music into the Wandering Monks, and I hope it comes across right. as that. Well, you know, well this I was saying... The enemy song, Rebel Without a Pause. Yeah, exactly. So that that's what folks are doing right now. Sorry, right. Ryan. Yeah. Um, you know, I was saying to the last guest, Dave Serino, that, that it's rare that I have a, a show where I have two guests, and I love every single song I've heard of theirs. Loved all of his. Love all of yours. Um, the production, the lyrics, it's all great, and I want to make sure we get to one of your songs uh, before we go. But before we do, we're going to play a game we always play on the show. It is called Hot or Hot Mess, where I give you guys a list of things. You tell me if they are hot or a hot mess. Wandering Monks, are you ready? Ready. Yes, sir. All right. Let's open it up. We're hot. All right. First up on Hot or Hot Mess. How about uh, Lindsay Lohan, hot or hot mess? Uh, Linguistry? I would have to say hot mess, but I, you know, it's like you guys were saying about Justin Bieber a little bit ago. I barely know shit about her other than she's had some controversy for drinking and doing coke, and I don't don't know too much else. I don't even know her music, so I'd have to say hot mess. (laughs) And And, um, A.D.? Um, for a young white girl that's all uh, looped out in her party years, I must say she's a hot mess. <laughs> okay. And Kamika, what about you? Dude, you Are already you mentioned the unforbidden name, so I'm not even gonna be bothered with it. You already for, you already mentioned the forbidden name. The forbidden no, name, not, Lindsay? Yeah. No. Bieber. I just I can't. <laughs> yeah. so, you know what? Right. I'll go with I'll go with Lindsay Lohan. That's my book. That's your book. Okay. All right, fair enough. Next up on Hot or Hot Mess. How about this guy? Is this guy hot or a hot mess? Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. N C A D, hot or hot mess. I'm gonna go with hot mess. If you're that much in the mainstream, something is not working for you, and you gotta check your street cred. So I'm gonna say hot mess. <laughs> and linguistry? You oh, know, man. ignorance is bliss in this case because I have no fucking clue. <laughs> 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 All right. So is that a is that a hot? Is that a hot mess? I don't know. Hot you know, mess. I'm just gonna use my instinct here and say hot mess. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Um, and Tamika, hot or hot mess? Hot mess, dude. Hot mess. <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, <laughs> this is hip-hop legend Biz Marquis beatboxing on this show. 
Is no it hot or a hot Hot or hot mess? I'm going to say hot. I love people that can beatbox. I definitely awesome. appreciate the art form. NCAD. And you say he's just a friend. Bismarck is <laughs> the roots of hip hop, man. I mean, if you don't love biz, then you don't love hip hop, and I got to love hip hop, so I'm going to say hot. This is where it's at. Holla, nobody beats the biz. And what about mm-hmm. you, Tamika? Hot or hot mess? Hot. And also, you need to check him when he pulls up the needle on a regular turntable because a new roommate I just got has a regular turntable with actual albums. There's an yeah. artistry of picking up the needle and scratching that way as before scratching. Bismarck, oh, yeah. come on, hot. Hot, hot. What, what was the question? Hot? <laughs> there you go. Last up on Hot or Hot Mess. This is uh, Broadway's Ben Cameron from Wicked and I Eat on Broadway. This is uh, his description of what happened at a Neil Diamond concert. I want you guys to put yourselves in Neil Diamond's shoes and think if you would ever do this. Uh, is this hot or a hot? He did three encores of Sweet Caroline. I was unreal. He did three encores of the same song? Uh, oh, yeah, in a row, because people can't get enough. And then you've got a stadium full of people all screaming, so good, so good, so good. We're not <laughs> Mika, let's start right. with you. Is that hot or hot mess? I, I mean, I just asked if we're not starting with me, but I would say hot mess because I don't know that song. And I probably would have you had too many hot dogs. No, dude. Please. <laughs> you know what? And linguist, no. dirty, hot or hot mess? Hot mess. That's definitely too much Sweet Caroline for me. <laughs> <laughs> and NCAD? I'm going to say these white folks got to transition into the new world slowly, and Neil Diamond is a staple in their community. You know what I'm saying? I'm old enough to know that, and so you cannot pull Neil Diamond out of this culture and expect them to be along with the ride. So I'm going to give Neil Diamond a hot and say we need it. Yes. <laughs> I'm so confused by what you just said because it sounded like you were saying Neil Diamond is a step in the wrong direction, but then you said hot. I'm just saying pick your battles, you know what I'm saying? Every good war, you got to pick your battles, you know? So. No, no, you're lame. Pick your battles. There you go. <laughs> um, well, I can't thank you guys enough for doing it. I want to make sure we, we play. Uh, I'm going to play my time. Can you guys uh, set that up before we go? Linguistry, handle it. <laughs> want me to set that up? Yeah, you yes, love please. it. Oh, okay, yeah, I do love this song. It's about slaving your days away doing something you're not passionate about whatsoever and actually having that hold you back from having time to dedicate to your passion. So I definitely know that feeling, and that's what the song is all about. And I love it because it mixes catchy melodies with a pretty fast, hard-hitting beat and also quick rhymes and all that, so... It's well-rounded as a song. It's got a lot of good singing parts from my man, MCAD. Yeah. So I hope you people like it. Yeah, yeah. we want to give thanks to you all for having us on for real and showing the love our way. Most definitely, yes. Oh, absolutely, and I hope you guys come back. Uh, anything, uh, before I play the song, anything you guys want to say before you go, your uh, web, website is wanderingmonksmusic.com, right? 
Yeah, and peace and love to Royal Frog Records for getting behind us and all the people that have been supporting the real music from day one. And don't believe the hype and the propaganda and think for yourself and be good to yourself. Be good to your community. All right. I like that. Amen. All right. Stay stay real. Wandering Monks, uh, thank you guys so much. Here they are with my time. You guys have a good night. Yeah, bless. Thank you. You too. All right.
very nice. Uh, Tamika, let me tell you how clever these guys are. They in their song "Wandering Monks," their their self-titled song off the self-titled mm-hmm. album, um, they use the word "bangsters." You know, like a combination of banker and gangster. Mm-hmm. How has nobody thought of that yet? They just did. That's it. <laughs> they did. Bam. And it's there. It is phenomenal. There it is. And how long do you think you anticipate it will be before you go and Google? Dave Serino shirtless? Well, I have to kind of get one of my roommate's laptop computers if I can steal it for a hot second and then maybe uh-huh. look up stuff. But I would say, you know, I have access to a, a regular computer. Probably about two, three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Well, we will be back next week with more Blazing Rye. Follow us on Twitter, Blazing Rye Radio, and uh, follow me at Blazing Rye. Like us on Facebook, Blazing Rye Radio. And also follow Wandering Monks on Twitter and Dave Serino. Um, what a fantastic time this was tonight. Tamika, I can't thank you enough for being a lovely co-host tonight. Uh, you have a wonderful thank night. You, thank man. you, so much. Absolutely. Woo-hoo. Let's do it again. Okay, we will. <laughs> All right, so lastly, I can think of no better way of ending this show than by saying, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. And finally, (laughs) it's a break, Florence. Good night, everybody. (laughs)